Welcome to the Stockman Grass Farmer Podcast, where our mission is to help create a healthy planet and people through profitable grass-based livestock production. Grass farming is a 24-7 job and you can't always get away, so we've put together this podcast so that you can listen while you work or whatever you're doing, but always on your schedule, whenever and wherever you want. Be sure to check out the episode notes for links to freebies and special offers. Join our email family and stay up to date on our happenings and like us on social media. Welcome to part two of Why Farmers Direct Market. Parts one and three can also be found on podcasts. I'll let Joel take it from here. So that brings us then to collaboration. So we're going to collaborate with other with other people. We're gonna we're gonna increase our um, our portfolio, if you will, so that we can have additional people. Now, our rule of thumb is that if we work with consignment, so it's all about who takes the risk. If if we're gonna put something from a neighbor. You know, so we've, we've, got, we've got food crafters in the area, okay, that are producing things that we don't. Lacto-ferments, um, uh, kombucha, uh, wool products, uh, mugs. Uh, I mean, the, the, there's, there's a whole complement of, of things. Um, and so if you're going to own it, clear to the sale, we go consignment. The difference between consignment and regular markup is who takes the risk of owning the inventory, okay? So if the collaborator is going to own the inventory and only get paid if it sells, then we only do a 20% markup in, in the store or any of venues that we, that we sell to. If we are going to buy the product at wholesale and sell it retail, we're going to take a 30% markup. And of course, grocery stores run these markups all the time and different amounts on different things. The more perishable it is, the higher the markup. I mean, on produce, lots of times the markup is 50%. Why? Because it's so perishable. If we don't sell these bananas this week that Kroger ordered, Kroger orders, you know, 2,000 pounds of bananas, and if they don't sell them in a week, what happens to them? They go out the back door, right? And so, uh, so there's a, there, there, there is a huge markup in produce, and then as you move down into more shelf-stable stuff, the markup goes less and less and less as you move down into, you know, crackers and, and canned goods and things like that. Um, so, so just realize that your, your markup is going to be different depending on, uh, on what you're working with. But collaboration, let me tell you, the, 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 in your product portfolio, Expanding your product portfolio um, makes all the difference in attracting people because it moves you toward the one-stop shop. And just in case you missed it, believe me, the new benchmark in marketing is Amazon. Okay? And whatever we do, whatever we do, and this, you know, I even hate that I have to say this, but, but, but it's the reality, it's, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the 
our, our emotional feelings over in the last couple of years. If you ever read a little business book, um, Who Moved My Cheese? Familiar with that? Who Moved My Cheese? You know, it's a little, it's a little tiny business book. You know, it's about this you know, mouse that, that goes through a labyrinth to find cheese every day. And of course, he's got this labyrinth memorized, you know, and he can go find his cheese real easy. Well, one day he goes out there and there's no cheese. Somebody moved his cheese to a different cubicle. Well, now he's got to figure out a whole different pathway to get to the cheese. And so, you know, at Polyface, just to be totally transparent, you know, we, we built this business 40 years ago with a, a, a Kodak slide projector, um, speaking at Kiwanis Clubs, Rotary, Ruritan, AARP, you know, Toastmasters, uh, you know, Civic Clubs, and, uh, and doing on a typewriter newsletters that went in a mail with a stamp on them and phone calls and to people that were our age, you know, baby boomers. And we built this nice successful business. And in the last five years, somebody moved our cheese. We don't have a Kodak carousel anymore. We don't even have a Kiwanis Club or Rotary. Well, there's a few, I mean, there's like six old geezers that are 85 <laughs> years old and they kind of trade around the presidency and try to keep the little emblem on the wall, you know. We still meet, we still meet here, you know. And <laughs> that's not where the conversation's happening. And as we go through these two days, I'll, I'll give you some of my angst of how, how we have been pushed to try to uh, adapt you know, as somebody moved our cheese. Uh, those of you who, um, some of you might be aware that July 4th, we launched nationwide shipping. And man, did we get torn up on social media for selling out to the devil and, you know, going to the dark side and all this stuff because I've been such a, you know, a adherent of, of local. But our cheese got moved. You know, people that used to come out 10 miles to the farm and get their food now say, well, why should I come out 10 miles and get my food when I can just, at 10 o'clock at night, I can get on Amazon and, and you know, I mean, I mean, Sherry and Daniel, get they're on auto reorder for toilet paper. Teresa, I say, what? You know, you can't even go to Kroger's and get toilet paper? No, it shows up on the, on the porch every month with a big smiley thing on the box, you know. <laughs> this year, before December 31, this year, millennials will surpass baby boomers in spending power. And I ain't no millennial. In fact, Sherry and Daniel are technically one and two years, respectively, over millennials. So they're in this crazy stage of, of you know, remember growing up without social media and even even the difference between like our son Daniel and our daughter Rachel five years apart, the difference between them in social media is incredibly different. Um, because that five years, here came the smartphone and the, and the other things. It, that's what I'm saying. I mean, our cheese, is, it's, it's been moved. So, so think about uh, I don't know how I got on that. We're going to get on that in a little bit more. But, but anyway, um, so, so you're, you're, you're going to create collaborations. And we farmers, we are notoriously non-collaborators. Going to do it myself. Right? And, and collaboration, requires, <laughs> collaboration requires that we pick up the phone and go talk to somebody. What? <laughs> you mean i got to come in, wipe the grease off, kick my shoes off? 
I'm tired. I don't want to go, you know, formulate a business arrangement with somebody, right? And, and, and so, uh, so I know I'm asking for a lot here, but I'm telling you that widening our portfolio, remember the person that makes the sale owns the customer. And if you can work, if you can work with a neighbor that's raising, that, that, that's making uh, uh, pumpkin bisque, all right, soup, and, and canning it that you can add to your pork chops, okay? That customer, that, that friend, that food crafter with their label, if you manage the customer, if you manage the sale, you're gonna own that customer, not them, okay? And so, um, so think about when you're collaborating, think about compatibility. Uh, all of your practices, sourcing and ingredients, okay? Because remember, your brand, your brand is everything. Protecting your brand is everything, okay? And so, uh, so you want to make sure that as you collaborate, you're finding like-minded people, okay? And that they don't have to be perfect, they don't have to be perfect, but they have to be aligned enough that you're not embarrassed or spending a lot of time answering uh, FAQs and frequently asked questions uh, that are that are that are uh, that, that make you have to dance around a little bit. Okay. Um, another collaborative, another thing that you can do in collaboration is is value adding. All right. Um, I mean, the single fastest growing component of the retail food sector right now is called is the sector called integrity convenience. That's the only sector that's really uh, expanding right now. It's right now it's expanding at eight percent a year, which is which is phenomenal in the food sector because you know you got a certain number of people. Uh, people can't eat but so much, right? And so. Uh, you know, if you're watching the news and you're watching the old, you know, the bold big companies, Heinz, Campbell's, whatever, um, you know that the food, you know, if you can get a half a percent uh, growth in the traditional food sector, you're doing really, really well. So right now, integrity convenience is really moving forward. So what is that? We're talking about um, uh, snack sticks. We're talking about uh, frozen heat and eat pot pies. Um, uh, you know, broth, uh, all of the convenient stuff, snacky type stuff. You know, 30% of all food in America right now is being eaten in automobiles. 30, sometimes I wonder if the, really, if the push to the self-driving vehicle is not actually a, an ancillary thread <laughs> from the fact that we're 30% of our food we're eating in automobiles. Okay? Um, I mean, look at the lines at the takeout window at McDonald's and Hardee's and Wendy's and, and, and stuff. I mean, it's, it's humongous. I mean, if, if, you're, if, you're doing, if you're doing any kind of, of food service and you don't have a takeout window, you're behind the times, okay? And uh, that's one of the things that we're having to face you know, at our place, as somebody moved our cheese, you know, I, I tell the team, you know, nostalgia is wonderful. Nostalgia sells. It's a great story. You know, nostalgia is cool until you're one day into obsolescence. 
Okay? So there's a, there's, a, there's a fine line there between nostalgia and obsolescence. All right? so, so you can collaborate with value-adding, and, you can, and you, can, you can take your core product and value-add it forward. Um, uh, you know, for example, when we, when we began cutting up chicken, for example, man, we didn't, we didn't, I mean, I'm tired of butchering chickens. You know, I don't, I'm, I want to get them in the freezer and be done with it. And uh, we'll teach you how to cut it up. You know, if you don't know how to cut it up, we'll teach you how to cut it up. Well, no, I, I really want a, I really want a boneless, skinless breast. You know, I don't want to have to fool with any of that other. And uh, I mean, you know, again, move my cheese. You know, 50 years ago, I'll be very sexist for a moment. Every woman knew how to cut up a chicken. I mean, it just came with your DNA. You were born. Uh, it was part of your DNA. You know, you knew how to cut up a chicken. Today. 50% of our customers, all of our customers are women, 50% um, of our customers don't even know that a chicken has bones. And they don't. I mean, they think we go out and, you know, and, and we, we pick, like, we, we go out and pick uh, boneless, skinless breasts, you know, boneless, skinless breast tree, you know. Chickens are out there, whatever, growing like pears or something. Um, and so, so that's called moving your cheese, okay? That, 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 that's a movement. Anyway, the year, the year that we began cutting up chicken, we made, this is a long time ago, we made an extra $20,000 on chicken without raising another chicken. That's the power of value adding. And guess what? We made a whole pile of new happy customers because of a collaboration by value adding, okay? So you may do it, you may, you, you, we've hooked up with a, you know, we've hooked up with a, uh, a kitchen that does soup called 100 Bowls of Soup. We now send them pallet loads of necks and backs and they make broth and chicken stock that we sell for 10 bucks a quart and it gives us $2 a pound for our salvage. Okay. We're not doing it, but we're collaborating with a value adder to let us do it. Hot dogs grew out of that. We had, we had trouble um, moving some of the, we wanted something beyond um, sausage, and we were having trouble moving all the ground beef. Alan Nation used to say, he said, if you're, if you're direct marketing grass-finished beef, if you can't make your program work profitably on ground beef alone, don't start. Think about that a minute. If you can't make your program work on ground beef alone, I know a company in Virginia, boy, they came in with all the glitz and glitter and, you know, artisanal food craft, blah, 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 uh, put in a federal, little federal inspected slaughterhouse on the farm, and, and it was, they hit the ground. I mean, they were a big splash, you know, front page dues and all the gourmet food, blah, blah, blah. And they lasted about five years and went out of business. And I got to sleuthing around you know, trying to figure out what, what the deal was. The deal was that they were selling all the top end and not selling the ground. And they, were, they refused to take a lower price for the ground. So they were stockpiling it in a, in a warehouse, a frozen warehouse in Richmond. And they had a million pounds of ground beef and he went bankrupt. You got to sell everything. 
And what that means is a lot of times we have to value add salvage stuff. What do you do with the necks? What do you do with the pork backbone? What do you do with, with stuff? Um, you know, we're struggling with that even, you know, with, with um, like uh, stewing hens, all right? Um, one, one of the ways that you know, we, we have a lot of stewing hens because we're, you know, we're running four or 5,000 layers right now. And, um, and stewing hens are an issue. I mean, we, you know, we, we try to sell them all, but we don't, now that we're at this scale, we, we, we're struggling with trying to sell them all. And um, so there comes a point at which your price is so low, it's actually cheaper, knock them in the head and compost them, than it is to actually defeather them, gut them, all blah, 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 blah. So we've just hooked up, in fact, um, uh, farmhounds, okay, in Atlanta. Good folks. They seem to be, I haven't met them yet. They're coming up to pick their first palace. Well, they, they said they're working with White Oak Pat. When they said that, I said, well, they must be something in because um, Will's no dummy and, and uh, works with people that pay their, I mean, we're always concerned about getting our, you know, paying, paying their bills. Um, you get in this very long, you know, Alan Ace used to say, remember, in the food business, you don't want to do any uh, um, uh, get it now and pay later uh, because you can't repossess yesterday's meal. It's pretty hard to foreclose on yesterday's lunch, all right? And so anyway, uh, if you're in this very long, you'll find out about accounts receivable and getting your bills paid, and it's an it's a ugly business sometimes. People that just smile and you think, oh, they're just pure as a wind-driven. They, they talk about earthworms, they talk about bumblebees, and, oh, they must be a wonderful person, and I mean, and they, yeah, and, 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 and they, don't, they don't pay, yeah. Anyway, this farmhounds outfit, is it does um, dog, uh, dog food, pet food. And uh, so they're coming up to get their first pallet load of stewing hens and gizzards and stuff. And with the Weston A. Price Foundation, um, you know, Sally Fallon's group, uh, in the last five years, we've quit having to sell to um, compost uh, chicken feet. We know we need four-legged chickens. Um, people started out, you know, they'd, they'd started with Weston A. Price, and next thing you know, they're asking, can we get feet? Well, sure, we'll save you the feet. How much? I don't know, 50 cents a pound, that's fine. It's just a salvage. We normally compost them. And, I mean, people started coming and getting feet, and then we couldn't keep them in. We raised it to a dollar, went to $1.50. Still couldn't keep them in. $2. We still can't keep them in. And so between the pet food with the gizzard and the feet, we're looking at an extra now, almost dollar a chicken today that we weren't capturing just a couple of years ago. That's pretty cool. That's a game changer. You do 40,000 chickens, that's $40,000. Okay? Um, little things like that add up. You know, um, um, so, hot dogs grew out of that. You know, we were, we were having trouble moving all the, um, you know, all the, the ground beef. And uh, we had ground beef, but we have something else. And so we, we collaborated with a guy uh, that, that um, worked with us to start the hot dogs. And now, you know, we're, we're selling, um, I don't know, $50,000 worth of hot dogs a year. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a mainstay, but again... It's a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, you know, and, and, and uh, it, it adds up. So, so value adding, uh, uh, making sure that you've salvaged everything, that you're taking everything to a, to a higher level if you can, and, um, and, and, and 
moving it through. I mean, a food truck, diner, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've just done a little bit of thing, but I, I could make this value adding list here about five times as long as it is. I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of other things that you can do in the value adding sector to move that forward. Uh, institutions, you know, remember uh, that there are, there are things that you can collaborate with uh, farm tour packages. I mean, uh, there are organizations that organize farm tours and events. I mean, think about uh, if you have a beautiful place um, uh, collaborating with uh, ecotourism. It's a huge thing. Uh, you know, contact the, the local urban uh, Sierra Club, Audubon Society, uh, Isaac Walton League, okay, and collaborate with a bus tour, okay, and you can feed everybody and you can put a price on it and, um, and, and go with that. Um, you know, demonstration farms, I mean, there, there's, there's all sorts of things, publicity and events, tours. Uh, remember, there, 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 is a, there is a hunger beyond food in our culture for connections to nature, connections to farms, connections to, to agriculture stories, okay? There is a real hunger there in our, in our culture for that. You know, so tours, we, uh, several years ago, um, so Teresa's the introvert, I'm the extrovert, I'm sure you couldn't have guessed that, and um, Several years ago, we kind of felt crowded with the number of people who were coming to the farm. Of course, I love people. Teresa, you know, goes and hides. And um, so we said, how can we, but we also know that people come with money and they want to spend it, you know, so spend it here. And so, um, so we said, my problem, my tension with it was I wanted to talk to everybody and at the end of the week I couldn't get any work done because I was always saying hi to, you know, where are you from and talking to these people that came. So I needed relief from feeling like an obligation to greet everybody. Teresa needed a relief from feeling like she had to go incognito to pull weeds in the flower bed. Um, and so we started brainstorming, well, how can we, how can we have... Um, people come to the farm that's, that's compatible with both an extrovert and an introvert, so I can get my work done, you don't have to hide, and, and, you know, and we can work this out. So we started the farm tours, the lunatic, lunatic tours, hay wagon tours, um, and we did it for free. And the whole, the whole idea was to free me up, so if you want to talk to me, if you want my undivided attention, here's a day set aside for you to get it. You want to come from wherever you come from, and you want my undivided you can come. And Teresa could look at the schedule and say, oh man, Wednesday, we got a hundred people coming. Uh, I think I'll go make bank deposits that day and, or work in the office or whatever, right? Okay. So she was able to schedule her time to not be with people. And I was able to, to I was able for the first time, um, and, we, and I, I love people. So you come to the farm and now I was freed up from feeling like I had to go and say hi because if you really want me, you'll come on a lunatic tour. Okay, the schedule's on the website. You sign up, it's an RSVP, all right? And, um, and so we did this for the first year for free to try to accommodate within our you know, emotional traits um, the people. And um, the problem was, as the season, so they, it all, they all, all the seats filled up real quick, you know, 12 tours, 100, 100 adults, and all the kids that go with them through the, staggered through the season. Everything filled up real fast, but as we got to the end of the season, half the people didn't show up. 
who said, oh, we got to get skin in the game. So the next year we say it's 10 bucks, 10 bucks a seat, okay? They put something in the game, all right? That solved the no-show problem, okay? Non-refundable, 10 bucks, come, all right? And we did that for a couple of years, and that really worked, and then we gradually raised it to 15. Now we're at 20, we've been 20 for two or three years. So now, these 12 tours generate, you know, between the, the, the 20 times 100 is, is 2,000, the tour times 12 is 24,000, and each time, the, and each tour they spend over $1,000 in the store, so we're looking at a $36,000 move of the needle, and of course the tour, we don't have any cost of goods in the tour, that's just time, okay? So, so that's a really high margin thing, and, and so we've taken this, this point of angst and contention into a new profit center. Uh, Hickory Hill Gap Farm in uh, North Carolina, they started uh, on-farm dinners, and um, they do, I'm trying to think, they do one a month, I think it's eight through the season. Um, I think it's 100 people at 50 bucks a plate, okay? And they offer them, start them in uh, May or, or April, May, June, right through the season, eight of them, and 100 people, that's $5,000 a meal, and in less than 24 hours of putting the schedule on the website in March, they're sold out. 5,000 times eight is what? $40,000 a one month. Could you, could you do a once a month meal for 100 people? Now, you know, that, that's gonna take some, you gotta get your act together. But think about it, I mean, if you've got a, a, a barbecue pit or something where you can you know, get together some, some, some scale, some volume, and, and maybe, there's a, maybe there's a friend that loves to cook and will you know, do a couple of the dishes for 200 bucks, okay? And so you share a little bit of it, and you, and you pull this off, and you've got these people that come out of the farm, and I mean, they're just ecstatic. You give them a little farm tour, a little bit of infotainment, a nice meal, a nice relaxing time at dinner with their kids, you know, and um, it's, it, it's cool, all right? Hope you're enjoying the presentation, and we'll jump right back in, but I wanted to first remind you to visit the show notes for freebies, deals, and more. While you're there, don't forget to join our email family to stay up to date on all the current events. Now back to the show. Hooking in with complimentary fits in your area in order to stimulate interest, to stimulate buzz, Snapchat photos, okay? Hey, we were out at so-and-so's, you know? And, um, and uh, so, you know, so this year we had, um, we had Temple Grandin, she wasn't cheap, but I'll tell you what, she is famous. That was the most, that was the greatest farm event we've done yet. Uh, we limited it to 300 people. We did it, we did a, it was an all day. We did a farm tour on hay wagons, and then, uh, and then she did an autism workshop in the afternoon, and we had three. We 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 kept it at three hundred people, and that whole event was sold out in less than two weeks. At a hundred bucks a pop, 
We gave them a nice lunch, barbecue chicken lunch. And, uh, but, but it was simple. Just sliced tomatoes, sliced cucumbers, iced tea, barbecue chicken. We're a meat farm. You know, they don't come for quiche. They don't come for <laughs> vegan, you know, tofu burgers. Okay? And, and so, um, so, let's see. Three, uh, 300 times 100 bucks a pop is how much? Get the decimal in the right place. Three, th no, 30,000. Oh, I wish 300. No, 30,000. 30, 30, but here's the thing. The, those people who came, they spent another five or 6,000 in the store. And think of the customers, people we would have never, who would have never come to the farm, they came because they knew Temple Grandin, okay? Now, maybe there's a celebrity person in your area. Maybe, you know, um, just this last weekend, we had the privilege of uh, some of you that are around here in Nashville. Um, we had Rory Feek was with us. And uh, now, we didn't charge a thing for this because this wasn't a, a thing to charge for, but, um, but it was fantastic. Uh, we had a potluck, so we didn't have to fix anything. And we just invited people in the community. We had 200 people uh, from the community show up for a, a concert in our hoop house with Rory Feek. It was the best thing in the world. I mean, people were just levitating. Normally, you'd pay 100 bucks a pop to go hear him in concert. And uh, here he was right in Swope, free, potluck. We didn't have any money in it, but man, the PR, the, 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 uh, the emotional equity, all right? And even some of our old hermit curmudgeon neighbors that think we're typhoid Marys, they came and laughed and had a good time, all right? So, so it was, it was, it's a big deal. So this, this event thing, you know, if you're an introvert and you're scared about that, um, just, just get a partner, maybe a niece, a nephew, uh, you know, a, a a, a, an extroverted spouse, a, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, a, a neighbor, somebody at church, somebody you know. Right? The point is there are, there are gifts and talents for all this collaboration. That's the point. There's gifts and talents for all this collaboration. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Well, check out the episode notes. And always remember the advice from cows and be outstanding in your field. See you next time.